If you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to be preaching a series starting today. Uh, We'll have some guest preachers from time to time. But when I'm preaching over the next few weeks during the summer, uh, I'm going to be preaching on what it means to be Pentecostal. And uh, let me say that again. What it means to be Pentecostal. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, it's only good for one time. Uh, and, and we are Pentecostal. Oh, uh, we may dead Pentecostals, but we're, we're Pentecostal. No, we're Pentecostal. That's, there's not really a such thing as a dead Pentecostal. How many of you know that? Uh, Pentecostal. Because the Bible says, oh, let me get ahead. If the Spirit of Him who raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you, He that raised up Jesus from the dead will quicken or make alive your mortal body by the same Spirit that dwells in Him. So because of the Holy Spirit, we're alive this morning. Can I get a witness in this place? Hey, it's good to have Ethan and Ella right here on the front row. Can I get a witness, Ella? Okay, that's what I thought. All right. <laughs> they're in here. They're so excited about hearing me preach instead of going to children's church. It's just, they're just, the excitement is all over them. I'm going to start out in Acts chapter 2. But like I said, the next few weeks, we're going to be preaching on Pentecost. That's who we are. Would you stand with me for the reading of the Word this morning? Acts chapter 2 and verse 2, verse 1. Excuse me. Now, lately, I've read from other translations. I like the NIV. I like the NLT, the New Living Translation. I love the way some of these things say things. But would you understand, I grew up in this thing. I grew up in church. I was in church, I think, the second week of my life. And I've been in church ever since. And I've heard... I've heard the Bible preached for 45, 50, 60 years. Some of those I, you know, but I've heard the Bible preached for years, decades. And I started out hearing it preached a certain, certain language, and it just sticks with me. I like the way it says it in the King James. And so I'm going to, let me give it to you in the good old King James, which is how I heard it. There's other translations that are good and even better, but I like the way this reads. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold, are not all those or these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue 
wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes and Eliamites and dwellers in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene and, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. They were all amazed and were in doubt, saying to one another, What means this? What meaneth this? What does this mean? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be it known unto you and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. I'm going to go back to one verse, verse 12 in the New King James. It says this, so they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Get that? When this happened, they looked at each other and they said, whatever could this mean? What does this mean? That's what I want to preach about this morning. Father, I thank you for your word. Quicken it our hearts. Change us, God, through your word. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. And you may be seated this morning. I was watching a documentary just a few days ago on one of my favorite singers ever. Not my favorite, one of them. Andre Crouch is my favorite. <laughs> this is a good close second is Al Green. How many of you ever heard of Al Green? Oh, I'm telling you. Al Green had some of the best love songs ever. He sang back in the 60s and in the 70s and, uh, about being in love. And I won't, I won't sing his songs. I'd be in trouble this morning. So I won't sing any of them. But he was a, he was a, a, a rock singer, a, a popular singer, a soul singer, a rhythm and blues singer. And, uh, and he sang these songs. And I was watching this documentary and he's telling about how in 1973, he was in Disneyland giving a midnight concert in Disneyland in Anaheim, California. That morning, that next morning in his motel room, God woke him up from a dream and God began to speak to him and God saved him. He got saved. Can you say amen? In that, in that motel room. And started serving God. Now he's still a great singer, but now he's got something else. So I was watching, as I was watching the documentary, he became a preacher and to this day is pastoring a church in Memphis, Tennessee. I've never made it to his church yet, but we've come close a couple of times. I want to go and hear him preach. Before the documentary was over, it showed his church service. Because I've always wondered what kind of preacher he was. He's a good preacher, by the way. I ought to have him come preach sometime. But he was great. So he's preaching, and this, this is Al Green, the love song singer from the 60s and 70s. And he gets to the altar service, and people are up praying around the altars, receiving things from God. And, and before he let everybody go, before everybody was dismissed, the Spirit of the Lord came on him. 
And he began to speak in other tongues. As he gave a message in tongues and interpretation. And I saw that and I heard that and I thought, you know, I knew that he was saved. I knew that, I knew that God had done a work in his life and had turned him around. But I wasn't sure that he had been Pentecostal. But there was no doubt after this that he was Pentecostal. Why am I saying that? I'm saying because, let me tell you something, Pentecost is something that is known all around the world. In fact, it is, it is greater in number in other countries than it is in our country. People are receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what makes us distinctive from other denominations. Now, I preached about this, or I talked about it some in Sunday school this morning, so let me just tell you that I, I can't give you everything about Pentecost this morning. That's why I'm preaching a series on it. Aren't you glad? I'm not going to try to give it all to you this morning, but let me just tell you that, that if it wasn't for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, there would be no need in our church being here. Because we are fundamental in our Christian belief. Uh, we believe the same way most other Christian churches in this town believe. I'm just going to tell you, you can get to heaven through the Baptist church. Come on, I ought to get a Baptist, a Baptist nod out of that at least. You can get to heaven through the Methodist church here. You can get to heaven through the church of God, the church of Christ. You, see, I, I, I'm just telling you, we, we all have one thing in common. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Doesn't matter if you're Baptist. Doesn't matter if you're Church of Christ. Doesn't matter if you're Methodist. You call on the name of the Lord, you can be saved. That we all have in common. But here's what happened in the book of Acts. In the, in the, in the Gospels, it says that, that there's coming something else that would come along after salvation. There's another experience that we can have in God that even takes us takes us deeper and takes us further and, and, and makes us better equipped for what we have to do in this world. About a hundred years ago, a little over a hundred years ago, in this town, there were great churches preaching Jesus Christ and people were getting saved and going to heaven. But there was a group of people that came to this town that said, have you heard about the Holy Spirit? Have you heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And people were saying, well, we haven't even heard this, just like it says in the Bible. And so they set up tents in town and started preaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You don't, you don't have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to be saved. But you have to be saved to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. See, you can't get the cart before the horse. So if someone says, well, I've not accepted Jesus as my Savior, but I'd like to have what you're talking about. Well, it's not available to you at this moment. But as soon as you call on the name of the Lord, you're saved. You're a candidate to receive the Holy Spirit. I've got a hunger. I'm just going to tell you, as a Pentecostal pastor, I want to be Pentecostal. As a Pentecostal church, I want us to be Pentecostal. You say, why do we call it Pentecost? Because it was on the day of Pentecost that it happened. If it had been at the Feast of Trumpets, we'd be Trumpetcostals. 
Does the, does the church still have the wonder and amazement that it used to have? Does it still have that that, that, that sets us apart and makes us different? Now, now, in our churches, we have people who have received the Holy Spirit baptism and people who have not. We don't make distinction. We're not going to call you out. We're not going to try to say one. No, if you're a child of God, you belong right here. And we want you to come and be ministered to. But we also want to offer you all that God has for you. Wouldn't you like that? Sure you would. Sure, thank you, I got that. Okay, here's what I'm telling you. I read the Bible and I found out that I could be saved from my sins and I could make heaven my home. But then I also read that by His stripes I'm healed. I want that too. I also heard that if the devil is giving me a hard time, I can cast him out. How many of you believe we can cast out devils? How many of you have done it before? How many of you have had it done to you before? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I think it's right. Okay, so, so whether you've been a cast-outer or a caster-outer, or you've had a cast we believe in it. I want everything God has for me. Everything God has. And so why would I leave off something that's going to give me power? But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the world. See, we are, we, we are satisfied sometimes to just blend in to what everything else is. But folks, we can't blend in. The Bible talks about having a form of godliness, but denying the power of it. I don't, I don't want to just have a form of godliness. I don't want to just talk about And people love to talk about the anointing. Oh, I believe in the anointing. But the anointing is to be upon you. See, that's what this Holy Spirit's all about. Some people want the anointing without being filled with the Spirit, but you need to be filled with the Spirit to have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Uh, if people can walk into our services and not have the awe experience of there's something different here, then there's something wrong. This is not just another club. It's not just another place to come and sing a few songs. There ought to be some power in this place. I, I believe it ought to be that when you walk in the door, I'm, I'm not just talking about feelings, because I, I know that feelings can sometimes lie to you. So we're not preaching about going by feelings. But I will tell you this, that I believe that when the Holy Spirit is in operation in a church, you can feel it. You can feel it. You can tell that it's there. Now, people like me that are very sensitive to the Spirit, I'll get goosebumps come up on me. But you may not get goosebumps. So you say, well, I must not have what pastor has because I don't have goosebumps. You, there's nothing in here that says you have to have goosebumps. There's, there's nothing in here. In fact, and some people say, well, you know, I was prayed for and I didn't fall out. Don't fall out. There's nothing in here that says you have to fall out. Ah, uh, are we okay? But I, I've, I, you know, I've been following God, but I haven't gotten a dream. 
You don't have to have a dream, but some will have dreams. Some will have dreams. Some will have visions. Some will receive prophecies. Oh, but I've not gotten a word of prophecy. You don't have to have a word of prophecy, but somebody may have one. And you may have a word of faith for somebody else. See, Pentecost ought to bring some questions. On the day of Pentecost, when they received the Holy Spirit, baptism, when they were in that upper room and the Holy Spirit came on them and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance and cloven tongues like as a fire set on them and they heard a sound from heaven, it caused people in the town to ask questions. I believe that people ought to still be asking questions about the church. In Sunday school this morning, we found out that uh, Jessica was telling about someone that she had worked with that asked questions. Asked questions. I think there ought to be some questions. What would even be better is if we had some answers. Wouldn't that be great? And thankfully she did. And thank, thankfully we do. I believe, that, I believe that Pentecost ought to still ask people to say, what, what does this mean? That's what they asked. In verse 12, they said, what does this mean? Do we have anything going on? I, I could preach a while. I'm going to try... Do we have anything in this church that would make someone ask, what does this mean? Or is it just church as usual? Service as usual? Another Sunday? Another three songs? Another offering? Another prayer? Another good luck? Have a great week? Which, by the way, I don't say. But I could. Have a great week. I do say have a great week. Is it just going to be another day? Is today just going to be another day? Or could this be the day that the Holy Spirit comes in in a powerful way in somebody's life and changes everything? That's what Pentecost is all about. That, that's, that, that's what I'm saying is you're on your way to heaven. You've already asked Jesus to come into your heart. And you say, all I care about is getting to heaven. That's kind of how I feel some days. If I can just make it to heaven, I will be, I will be glad and, and, and you'll be surprised. But I'll be there. You know, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of surprises. Pentecost ought to bring something other than just a... Okay. Oh, he's going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. No. I didn't come to talk about the Holy Spirit today. I came to usher him in. I came to say, I came to say, Holy Spirit, come into this place. Have your way in this place. He said, Pastor, I'm not sure that I'm ready. Well, you better get ready because that's what I'm praying. You may get in the way. And it just run, Holy Spirit runs right into you as He's coming through. This is what happened on the day of Pentecost. People mocked what was going on. People still mock what's going on in church, in Pentecostal church. I, I, I was in a meeting several years ago. It was when we were at this church. We were in, it, it was a leadership meeting. It wasn't necessarily a Christian meeting, but it was a leadership meeting that we took the staff to, and, and they had several special speakers that day uh, in the auditorium in Little Rock. And one of the speakers was uh, 
Bill Cosby. We don't talk about him much anymore. But the comedian to get up and say a few words. And in his comedy, he made a reference to Pentecost and to speaking in tongues. And immediately something, something gripped me. Something changed. Now I didn't say this just to put him down, but to say that's what the world has. We're, we're, we're a joke. This is a joke. Now, now they like some of the things that we do. They like some of the songs that we sing. Uh, they like our praise and our worship and our freedom. But when it comes to that speaking in tongues, that's, mm, that's a little different. But Pentecost is part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. John chapter 14 and verse 16 says this, And I will pray the Father, Jesus says, And He will give you another helper that He may abide with you forever. Luke chapter 24 verse 49 says, Behold, I send you the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Then you get over into Paul's writings in the book of Romans and it says this, Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also to the Greek. So here's what I'm saying. In the gospel, Jesus said, the promise is going to come from the Father. And then Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed. Of, this morning, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because with it, we must reaffirm the promise of God. Let's quit trying to blend in with what's normal. I'm just going to tell you, Pentecost is not normal, nor is it natural. It's supernatural. Uh, while we are grateful for the salvation message, I want to preach about the fullness of God. Acts chapter 2 verse 39 says this, For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. So this means that everyone who hears the gospel, this promise is for you this morning. After the Holy Spirit filled Believers in Acts chapter 2. If you read the book of Acts, all through the book of Acts, people are receiving the Holy Spirit. Acts 17 verse 6 says, Those who have turned the world upside down have come here too. You know how they turned the world upside down? Because they were being led by the Spirit of God. They, they, were, they were being called by the Spirit of God. See, you say, well... So the Holy Spirit of God showed, I, I, I taught this in Sunday school this morning. I told you I'd, my class is going to get double this morning. The Holy Spirit did not come, did not become, become after Jesus died on the cross. The Holy Spirit was here in Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, what spirit would that be? The Holy Spirit of God began to move upon the waters. And this is what, and then that was where we came from the Holy Spirit. 
We came from the book of Genesis all the way through. There, there's places all through the Old Testament where the Holy Spirit shows up and people prophesy. And, and it, but in the last days, Joel said, I will pour out my Spirit. This was in our text this morning. And, and, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids, I'll pour out my Spirit. And they'll prophesy. We need to reaffirm that promise this morning. Also, we need to reestablish our priorities. Acts chapter 1 verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard of me. We have become accustomed to doing God's work according to our own abilities. I don't know how many books are out there. I've read a few of them on how to have church growth. Uh, it's one of, the, one of the more popular books for pastors is church growth. How you can grow your church from 100 to 200. From 200 to 400. Or, or from 400 to 4,000. Popular books and they have some great stuff in them. But here's the priority, is the Holy Spirit. When, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, God began building His church. It wasn't a matter of, let's say, you know, uh, one, one preacher told in one of the seminars, one time said, if you want to get young couples in your church, you need to start some classes on potty training children. And you'll get the young couples in your church. How many of you young couples know that that would be a good teaching class to have? But that's not what we're building our church on, is dirty diapers. However, we welcome all the dirty diapers in the church. Uh, we will help you. We've got some mamas that will help you change diapers or learn how to. I don't think that that would take a six-week course. Here's what we need. What's the priority? Let's go back to the beginning. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will build my church. What happened on the day of Pentecost? These people who were mocking, these people who were making fun of what was happening, these people who were questioning the Holy Spirit coming in, what happened that day? Peter got up and began to preach what it was about. He said, this is what it is. And thousands began added to the church. I want to get back to that. I want to get back to that. I want, I want to get back to 1914 or 1909 or 1930 when they had great revivals come through this country. Come on. I believe it's time for another wave and another move of the Spirit of God. I, I believe that we are in the last days that the book of Acts is talking about. I'm more confused than I ever was before when I watch the news. But I'm more hopeful than I ever have been when I pick up the Word of God. And I said, thus saith the Lord. This promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Let's reestablish our priorities in this church. It's not, you see, it's a, uh, 
It, it, it's, it's not about the building. It's not about the programs. It's not about the men's breakfast. Can I get a witness, men? You that ate the breakfast this morning, we had a good time. It's not just about that, though. We want to eat the breakfast, but we also want to feast at the table of God and receive everything that He has for us. For Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6 says this, It's not by might nor by power, but it's by my Spirit, says the Lord. So we've got to reestablish or redefine some purposes. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, You shall receive power when the Holy, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I know the Holy Spirit has come as our comforter. I, I know He moves us emotionally, thrills us, and even fills us. But there's a purpose that we're missing. We, we're not taking Pentecostal to its fullest extreme or, or a full measure. The Father did not send the Holy Spirit so that we could feel good. I like to feel good. Have you been in some great revivals in your time? Didn't it feel good? Wow. I, I, and I want some more. But here's the, it's not just to feel good. Oh, I want that so that I can have the thrill of having the Holy Spirit. It's not the thrill that we're after. It's the purpose that we're after. And you shall be witnesses unto me. Oh, but I witness good enough without the Holy Spirit. Think of what you could do with the Holy Spirit. The, the, we're not, we're, again, we don't take the Pentecost to its fullest extreme. I believe that if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, that you ought to have a power within you to be a witness. And, and that the Bible tells us that when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will lead you into all truth. Did we ever need truth today or any day more than we need it today? I taught this also. We need the truth. I don't know what the truth is. There are some in our country that are wanting to go back to January the 6th of last year and find out everything that happened that day. And I'm going to tell you 12 years from now, they still won't know what all happened. Because just like a traffic accident, if any two people see the accident, you get two different stories. And it's not just that. The, the tragedy that happened last week, and we won't go into detail about it. But in the school, the tragedy that happened. Within the first hour, there was a story that was told that was later said it didn't happen that way. In the next two or three hours, different stories were told, and later it was said it didn't happen that way. Why is that? Because we see things different. I'll see something, and I'll, see it, I'll say it's one way. Someone else will see it, they'll see it a totally different way than I saw it. That's right, Ethan. All right. You know what I'm talking about. We see things different. We don't see it exactly alike. That's why I need the Spirit of truth. Because I want to tell you about the Holy Spirit. He knows what's right. The Holy, you say, well, 
I don't believe, you know, I know that this is what the Bible says, but I'm not so sure about that. Let the Holy Spirit lead you through this. And the Bible says He will lead you into all truth. Here's what's amazing about this. The Holy Spirit will lead you into truth that you want to hear. You're ahead of me. And He will lead you into truth you didn't necessarily want to hear. You've got to be willing to get both. Holy Spirit, confirm what I'm already believing is true from the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit says, sure, but let me show you something you're overlooking. Hmm. You know, you got this verse down good, but what about this one over here? Uh, I quit preaching, I know. I know. I know, we don't want to hear, hear the Spirit of truth. What is the purpose of Pentecost? The purpose of Pentecost is to have the third person of the Godhead right there with you at any moment to lead you, to guide you, to shut you up, <laughs> to stand you up, to sit you down. The Holy Spirit is here to give you everything that you need, but not just so that you can speak in tongues, so that you can walk right when you quit speaking in tongues. Because i just be honest with you, I'm tired of people who can speak in tongues and act like the devil. That was for somebody out there. Not, not anybody in here. Nobody in here got that. But somebody out there, you needed that. I've preached this already a couple of weeks ago. That hadn't been that long. Come on, I'm, I'm preaching line upon line. Same thing over and over. In the next four weeks, we're going to be telling you the same thing over and over. But I want, I want our church to get saturated with the power of God. I want us to, I want us to get full of the Holy Spirit of God. I don't want, we've got, we've got youth going to camp tomorrow. Over the last few decades, we have sent our kids to camp so that they could receive the Holy Spirit and come back home. And folks, it is the responsibility of the church to pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, I, I won't, and what about us who have already received what, what about us who have, for years, we have already been praying in the Spirit? What about us who have a private prayer life in the Spirit and, and us who are, 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 are actively Pentecostal? I'll just be honest with you. I need some more. I don't think I have enough. I think I've become complacent. I believe I've become comfortable with what I have. And this morning, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to give me more. Is that okay? God, give me more. I, I, was, I was nine years old when I received the Holy Spirit. I, that's a long time ago. I, I've had this this long. I want more today. I, I've seen, what does this mean? I'm close with this. What does this mean? I've seen on a small scale in my life, but even more over the last few years that our churches have been built on personality. And our churches should be built on the person of the Holy Spirit. The problem with churches built around a certain personality is that when something happens to that personality, the church is gone. I won't name the names. 
but it grieved me. One of our better churches in the United States that was doing such a fantastic job reaching people. But it was built on the couple that pastored the church. And when they went their separate ways, when they decided that uh, they weren't fit for each other anymore, then the church had no purpose and had no meaning. I watched as that church went on the auction block to be sold to the highest bidder so that they could make something else out of it and do something else with it. This church is not built on Ian Bell. He's been gone now for over a hundred years. This church is not built on Larry Moore, who is still living and preaching today. Or, or Don Nye, or Gene Thompson, or Don Norton even. This church was built on the Holy Spirit. I want a church that no matter what leader comes or goes, the Holy Spirit's still there. And the power of God's still there. I don't want to have church. I didn't give this a while ago, but let me just go back for a moment. Carl Bates was a, had a doctorate in, in uh, statistics. He made this statement. He said, if God were to call His Holy Spirit out of the world today, about 95% of what we're doing would still be going on. I don't want that to happen. Would you stand with me? Here's what I want. And here's what I believe God wants. I believe God wants us to be filled with His Spirit. Say, so, Pastor, what does that mean? Well, Here's how I see it from the Word of God. I'm not going to just give you opinion this morning. Let's go back to Acts chapter 2. They were all in one place. Let's check off the list, can we? They were all in one place. They were in one accord. Well, look around. Here we are. We're in one place. We are this morning. And, and in one accord means they're in kind of agreement. Which meant... That while you were singing, there's a new name written down in glory. You were not singing victory in Jesus. Isn't that great? We're in harmony together. We're in one accord. Uh, we preached out of the same. We're all in the same Bible. Maybe a different version, but in the same Bible. We're in the same place. Singing the same songs. And then a sound from heaven came. Now, some of these things were duplicated through the book of Acts, and some of them weren't. The sound wasn't duplicated. Cloven tongues like as a fire, this, you know, flames of fire on their head, that's not duplicated anywhere else in the Bible. But over and over, it says, for they heard them speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave others. Over and over. So we believe that when the Holy Spirit comes on you, that you'll speak in another tongue. But here's what we also believe. We're not going to teach you how. And we're not going to get in your face with it. We're just going to pray for you. And it may happen to you here, or it may happen to you on the way home. I love the Sunday that we... I tell this a lot. 
We had a lady here. We were having a service like this. She got in her car on the way home. She wasn't driving, thank goodness. Her husband was driving. And while he was, they were driving home, the Holy Spirit came into the car and filled her with the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what I want this morning. I want some people who are Spirit-filled and you're currently full of the Spirit. But you could experience some more. I want you to come and just stand across the front here. You say, I've received the Holy Spirit, but I want more this morning. Would you come? Just stand across the front. We're going to pray for you. I have received, but I could stand some more. Great thing about this, great thing about this experience and about this spirit. Now, could I ask for those who said, I've not fully received, but I would like to. I want you to just come and stand in with these, would you? Not apart from them. Come stand with them. Come on, there we go. Come stand with them. Come stand beside someone who's filled with the Spirit of God. You say, will it rub off on me? Mm, I don't know that it rubs off. But it very well could. Come on, anybody else? And then you that are back there with us, just pray with us, would you? Let's lift our voices together and let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. God, I pray that you would just refill us today, Lord. Give us a freshness, Lord. Give us more today, Lord. God, I thank you for it. Lord, Jesus, fill our hearts today to overflowing with the Holy Ghost of the In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, the authority. Jesus has given to me. Jesus has given me. And every wall comes crashing down. I have the authority. Jesus has given me. And when I open up my mouth, Just open your miracles stop breaking out. I have the
defeated with the ones who has conquered it Thank you, Lord. Here's what I want to pray is that over the next few weeks, over this summer, that not only would we have a revival of our young people being, being saved and filled in our camps, but also in our churches. In our church. I, 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 want, a, I want a Pentecostal church. I want a church that's just filled with the Spirit of God. I want to see miracles. I want to know that God is here. And not, not, just, not, not just, you know, some of the miracles that we're looking for. I, I want a miracle of the Spirit of God moving into our hearts. Changing lives. Empowering us through His power. And I believe God will do that. Pray with me. Father, I thank You for our church. God, this was a church that was established over a hundred years ago for the purpose of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, the whole gospel. We call it the full gospel because it contains the gospels, it contains the book of Acts, it contains everything in the New Testament, everything in the Old Testament. God, everything that you've ever had for us, you still have for us. God, I want a fullness of that in our church today. Thank you for Pentecost. Thank you for making us who we are. We didn't invent this, God. You are the one who planned this. Thank you for the promise of the Father. And God, I pray that that promise, that, that Spirit would just continue in every life of every person that's here today. God, those that as we leave and as we go home, as we go to our, our weekly chores and jobs and vacation or whatever it is God I pray that this that this message that this power that this Holy Spirit would go with us that we might be filled God with your spirit and we praise you for it in Jesus precious name amen can you go with this take this home with you take this out of here with you How, Take some prayer time this week and pray for God to do something special in our church. Thank you for coming. And God bless you this morning.